0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Solan, and I'm joined by my co-host Cody Schultz. There's so many new movies and shows to watch on Netflix this week. We've got Tiger King season two, Tick Tick Boom, starring Andrew Garfield, and the movies and show we're going to talk about today: The Princess Switch, Three, Romancing the Star, and Cowboy Bebop. Um, But first, we've got some big news from the world of Red Notice, which is currently the most popular movie on Netflix. Um, So, uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber, who directed the movie, uh, was interviewed by The Hollywood Reporter. And he said that if they did film Red Notice 2, that they would do Red Notice 2 and 3 back-to-back, I guess, if they were to make those movies. I don't know if that's confirmation, but it sounds like it. So, Cody, I just need your thoughts. We already talked about this movie what do, you, what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this, we kind of anticipated there would be sequel talk. But then, of course, it became Netflix's biggest movie ever, according to the stats that they've released. So it's like, okay, clearly they're going to want to make a sequel. We know they left the door very wide open to do another one, kind of setting up for this unknown heist. Um, I think it's really interesting, though, that they're already talking about like doing two and three back-to-back. Um, I feel like this is something we see it's not like uncommon for Netflix. They've done it with like the kissing booth I believe two and three were filmed back to back. I think maybe it's all the boys two and three were filmed back to back yeah um, so it makes sense especially like with budgeting because it's a lot easier to just film two movies back to back instead of doing you know them at separate times um, And especially since we know this the first red notice had like a huge budget. I can only imagine what kind of budget they would need to do a, like a second and third movie. But if they film them back to back and of course would help with the overall cost and it's like why not like Netflix is in the game of trilogies like they love to do you know three movies and call it a day. These if I feel like all the actors since the movies dropped have made it clear they're interested in doing more Netflix is clearly going to be interested in doing more. So I just feel like it would make sense to do the sequel and then the third movie film them back to back that way there's also not a big gap between when they're released.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I I think we all expected there to be three movies. I think that uh, it seemed like it was set up like that. It's interesting from reading uh, the interview, which you should definitely check out if you haven't. He basically said that the budget kind of exploded when um, like all of the COVID stuff, the pandemic. And then obviously uh, they had they turned it into like basically a visual effects heavy movie movie. Um, which was not the plan but they had to to accommodate all of the restrictions like having you know so many people in one scene together or close together close contacts so um, that made it like very expensive and then he also said that we have three Tom Cruises in this movie so like the top line cost is like (laughs) obviously because you have like three of the biggest stars in the industry so that's why it's so expensive I think you know expect a similar price tag, probably, for the second and third movie. Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, Gal Gadot are not taking pay cuts to make the sequels, right? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, can we also, like, why the comparison that we've got three Tom Cruise's? Like, you could easily say we've got three The Rocks. I mean, each of the actors on their own are bigger. I mean, especially in today's movies, I feel like those three are bigger than Tom Cruise. Because I was reading that, like... Shots
0: fired. I know, I'm
1: like, it's... uh, (laughs) All the Tom Cruise stands are going to be coming for me, but I would take it. Um, I would gladly, like, get up on that pedestal and soapbox. But it is, it's just... I, I think the the thing with... Every, whenever you have big actors, it's like if there's not an interest on their end to return, that's usually when, like, projects don't go through. Right. And the fact that since this movie's dropped, like, they've each... All three of them in, like, the press junkets have kind of expressed an interest and wanted to return. Just in mentioning how they had fun working together on the movie and just had a blast filming it... And I feel like that's the biggest positive indicator, like all three of the actors are game. It's just going to be a matter of like figuring out the schedule. And if they do film back to back, that, of course, will help free up the schedules because these actors aren't just sitting around like these are actors who are very sought after. And so if they're able to film them both back to back, it's going to make it to where there's not these long gaps between when the movies are being produced.
0: For sure. Probably right now, 2023, 2024, probably, I would assume for Red Notice 2 and then at least a year in between. Netflix isn't going to release for $400 million of movie sequel in one year. So we can skip that. All right. So speaking of movie sequels, we've got the princess with switch three to talk about romancing the star. So this, uh, it dropped on Thursday, November 18th. I know we were both excited to watch this movie after, uh, we enjoyed the first two, obviously stars, Vanessa Hudges. What else is this about?
1: Yeah. So the title kind of hints a little bit at what the focus is and that's, when the Star of Peace is stolen, which is this, like, fictional star connected to um, St. Christopher, I think it is, maybe? Um, wow. And it, it goes missing. And so Queen Margaret and Princess Stacy are like, what do we do? They turn to an unlikely ally and their look-alike cousin, well, and Margaret's look-alike cousin, Fiona. And then the film kind of just goes from there as them working together as a group to retrieve the star of peace from the film's villain, um, Hunter, who's played by William Kemp. Um, And we've also got, you know, a lot of characters back from the sequel. So we've got Mindy and Reggie are both back helping kind of with the heist stuff. Um, And then we've got the mysterious Peter Maxwell, who's kind of introduced as like this guy from Fiona's past. They attended boarding school together. Now he's like, I think in tech is the explanation. It was very kind of... I was lost a little bit on his backstory. Kind of a but... jack of
0: all trades, isn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, like, he just like keeps pulling out all these stops, like, okay, then you do this with lasers. And it's like, very much. <laughs> so it's kind of like a heist film meets, like, the classic Princess Switch stuff we've seen, which is, of course, the holiday angles and the romance and all that. And this one really is, like, Fiona's story. I feel like she was, of course, the villain of the second film. And this one's kind of, like, her redemption story. And then that also, like, her getting her happy ending kind of deal
0: yeah it's uh it's interesting to say the least i really like the the heist angle obviously we've talked about sign me up for a heist movie any day and so it was i i enjoyed that aspect of it and the new uh cast members i think peter and then um i'm blanking on his name but is it will kemp who stars um as the villain i thought he was a very convincing villain hunter right
1: yep yeah i think they really did a good job with like the casting of this one um and it is fun. It's funny because having just seen Red Notice, I'm like, here's another heist film. Like, this is just, like, the holiday version. Um, and so it was funny just to kind of see. I'm, like, comparing it, like, to the heist and that. But I think it's important when you do, like, sequels and, and that, like, to shake things up. And so kind of playing that, like, now they all have to turn to Fiona to, re, you know, use her, like, I don't even know, like, dark web contacts almost <laughs> to go undercover and steal back this artifact. It's just was kind of, like, a fun... I think that's what we've talked about on this show is just like the holiday movies on Netflix are just fun. They don't take themselves too seriously. And that's part of what makes them just such perfect holiday movies.
0: Agreed. I, uh, I, I don't think that, um, you know, Vanessa Hudgens, I think that she's probably, what did you call it? The Christmas queen in one of the Netflix life articles we wrote about this. I think that watching her play, you know, the queen princess Stacy, and then obviously Fiona in this movie, impressive to say the least like there's the the one scene that i re- that really stood out to me was when they were like trying to like figure out if if she if margaret could pull off fiona cuz obviously fiona can pull off the other two but uh the, the impressions her doing the impressions of herself it just like sent me for a little bit of a trip watching it i don't know did you do you know what i'm talking about that scene
1: yeah, I mean that's what it's funny because it's like technically speaking, Vanessa Hudgens plays just three characters in this movie, Margaret, Stacy, Fiona, but because of the switching angle, like she's playing Fiona as Margaret and Stacy because they both switch places to cover different angles of the storyline, so it's like playing one character as another character and still being able to balance like seeing that it's the other character if that makes sense. Like it's very yeah. technical like I feel like the more I talk <laughs> about it it sounds more confusing than it is. <laughs> um but it really is it's like yes it's people you know rag on a little bit just because of the premise and but you have to give Vanessa Hudgens credit for like playing all these different characters and keeping them straight because she really does like each character yes they all look alike. that's of course what plays into the switch angle (laughs) but she's got like the mannerisms and even like the way they speak the way they carry themselves like everything it sets them apart like to where it's easy to keep track of who's who like you're not just like saying, okay, which one is she? Because, like, she, they are each different characters. And I think it's funny. That's why you, like, see trends popping up of, like, people searching. Does she have a twin? It's like, no, she's just a good actress <laughs> and can pull off playing all these characters and basically leading a whole movie.
0: Yeah, it's like the parent trap, right? Everyone thought that Lindsay <laughs> Lohan... Was it Lindsay Lohan, right? If I, th- I think of that right? Yeah. It was two yep. people. Nah, she was just doing that twice. And then Vanessa Hudgens just did it three times. That was very... It was not confusing to watch because like they are obviously so distinct the like the characters that she's playing and like the the costuming and everything so you know which one is which as you're watching however when you the switching starts it got like I got confused legitimately several scenes of this movie like if you're not paying attention which I'm usually like on my phone or doing something else when I was watching I was like wait a second who is that okay why is she there what's going on it like I just had to like ask myself those three questions like in like what I would forget what I was watching or whatever. Uh, Not an indictment of the movie. Just my attention span these days is not what it used to be. So I guess in just in terms of we've got three Princess Switch movies, which one do you think is your favorite? Where does this one rank?
1: I mean, I don't really have a favorite among the three. I think they're each strong and good movies on their own terms. Of course, the first one is what started the whole franchise kind of like the first Switch Um, And we've seen, you know, these kind of movies before with like switches before. I feel like in a Christmas movie, I talked about like model behavior, I think was the one like the Disney movie where there's like two people switch. One's like a famous person. Mm -hmm. One's like just your regular girl next door kind of type. Um, And then, of course, the second one kind of was the chance to fuel the, you know, the storylines further, push them ahead. That's when we got Fiona introduced. So we had like that fun, like villain coming in, like seeing like what someone would do if they were coming in, doing a switch, not with the good reasons. Yeah. Um, and then kind of three tied it all together with, like, the redemption arc for Fiona. And I just, I think they're fun movies. Um, like I said, they don't take themselves seriously. Like, I died laughing at the scene when Stacy's playing Fiona and, like, she's trying to get her sentence extended in the covenant. <laughs> and I'm like, just, like, the little, like, jokes and all that. And I, I do, I think, like, Vanessa Hudgens is an underrated. And I did call her the queen of Christmas for Netflix and comparison her to, like... <laughs> The Hallmark Queens of Holidays. uh, Because she's not just been in these movies. She's, of course, done some other Netflix Christmas movies as well. And I think it's just a... Honestly, I think it's a good thing for the writings. Like, the fact that the movies didn't decline in quality. Like, each one is fun and special in its own regards. Is, like, the sign of a good franchise. Like, each movie should be able to stand alone on its own. And, of course, people are going to have their favorites. But to be able to look at, like, a collection of films and say, these were, like, just three really good movies. And they each had their own moments... I think that's what every filmmaker wants in a franchise.
0: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to offer my thoughts on the movie, but I think that you summed it up too good. Um, I like the first one. I think that the first one was my favorite just because I thought that that was, it felt the most familiar. Right. And then it kind of goes into like the, the, I don't know, the more Royal stuff, which is fine. But I like the, like, I don't know the first switch. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, is this really the end, though? Is the Princess Switch 4 going to happen? Because, I mean, I know they haven't done many 4-movie, if at all, like, series. But you you have to think that this would be the one, probably, that would go with 4-movies.
1: Yeah, so there's not been any announcement yet. But it's not uncommon, like, with, I think, both the second and the third. Uh, or no, with the second one, they announced it, of course, after the first one dropped and was a hit. The third one they announced right before the second one dropped. Um, and so the timing's been different for each. It's hard because we've seen Netflix stick to trilogies. Um, and since everyone did kind of have, like, the happy ending kind of conclusion there, like, it's a good end point. Um, right. But I feel like this one, fans love it. I, I know we haven't seen, like, the, the stats yet for what the movie's going to do. Um, but if it's a hit, you just have to imagine, like, could Netflix look to do another movie could they find like a series in there because it feels like this is one they could in theory spin off into like a series just like royals are a, i mean that's a genre that is successful for them i mean people are interested in like royal life and all that and so castles oh <laughs> i know it's like so i'll be curious to see but right now this looks like it's the last film um it's just kind of like playing the waiting game see if maybe netflix surprises us
0: I've been sitting here the whole time you we were talking, trying to think of a punny name for the Princess Switch Four, but I'm I, I can't I literally can't think of anything. Maybe we'll do a crossover. We I feel like that this is all shaping up to be some sort of Netflix crossover synergy Christmas movie because there there's just like too many things that are similar about these movies that like we. I could definitely see Vanessa Hudgens if there's no more Princess Switch movies. She could pop up in, you know, I know Christmas Prince 4 probably isn't happening. But, like, Netflix isn't going to stop making these kinds of movies. So where can we, where's the, where's, like, the next spot that she could fit in, you know?
1: Yeah, the only title I have is Four Switch Um <laughs> Just playing up the Four Christmases angle. Um, um, so Netflix hit us movie. up yeah. with that one. Give us the inside scoop for that. But... I'd be happy if they surprised us, but if not, I think fans will be, like, they, they left things, the ending, I think, was perfect for fans, like, there wasn't, like, crap, they didn't wrap this storyline or something, which I feel like is always the, the thing with fans is, like, wait a minute, like, it felt incomplete, this one definitely, I think, tied it up nicely if this is the end.
0: That sounds good. Um, I think, I forgot to mention, Vanessa Hudgens is also in Tick, Tick, Boom, which we mentioned at the beginning, which comes out on Netflix, uh, today with Andrew Garfield, so, um... Yeah, maybe is this the the beginning of a new partnership? I know ne- we know Netflix likes to cast their actors in lots of different things, shows, movies, etc. So I don't know what's the what's the next Vanessa Hudgens series that's coming to Netflix? We'll find out. Um, do you want to talk about Cowboy Bebop?
1: Yes, I feel like that's a good transition from like let's talk about the big series that's <laughs> dropping. This is one I feel like we've talked a lot about this year, just in leading up to because of course this one has such potential, and I'm sure it's just going to explode. Um, I, I'm like already waiting for it to take that top spot because this one of course is rooted in the anime genre. Um, you've seen it. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess I should say that just to start. So like this was super highly anticipated because of how popular the anime that the, the show is not based on more like inspired by, um, some of the same people involved are involved. Like, um, the score is similar. I haven't seen the anime, so heading in, I kind of made it my, like, not mission, but, like, I didn't really want to get involved with the anime. It dropped on Netflix earlier this year. I was thinking about watching it, but that was, like, I don't want this to, like, interfere with how I feel about the the Netflix live-action show because that's kind of, like, you know, just to get swayed right before it comes out. I was like, ah, or have something to compare it to. So I, like, purposely avoided that. And so I've seen a lot of people saying that it's not very good, and it's, Cowboy Bebop is not, not good. It's, like, bad good, I feel like. Like, obviously, so it stars John Cho, Mustafa Shakur, um, Daniela Pineda, and they kind of play this, like, ragtag team of bounty hunters in this, like, future galaxy. It's, like, I think set in, like, 2070-ish. Um... So there's like spaceships, they fly around on the Bebop, that's the name of their spaceship, and they get into all these sorts of hijinks. There's a larger story arc there that I'm not going to get into because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, I really liked it. <laughs> I, you know, like, you know me with the, the shows that I like. I often like um just more, what's the word? Like, it's very eccentric, it's quirky, it's really goofy, it's campy, which is like, I like stuff like that. I like to be entertained while I'm watching and feel like that I'm in on the joke. And maybe if someone liked the anime and it's not like that, or they wanted it to be more serious, which it is at times, but it's more like that. So it's good, but it's also like that bad good. Like it has its flaws, but it's entertaining. And that's kind of what I was looking for out of the show. So it like checks the boxes for me. Um, it You'll like this comparison it sort of reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, like, it, does this sound like kind of Guardians of the Galaxy, like Netflix's version of this kind of, like, franchise?
0: It Yeah, it feels like it at times. Like, there's a dog that's, like, it's a, not at all, like, Rocket, but, like, animal crossover. And they just, like, it's like that, fa- like, found family. They kind of start off as enemies or just, like, are using each other. And then you know, spoiler, by the end, they're, like, kind of close. And so it's, like, we're, we're getting there. We're getting to that, like, tribe, uh, like, of misfits kind of uh, vibe, which, I, like I said, I liked. I didn't – I get why people are mad, especially if you're fans of the anime. Like, I say, I, I've stayed away from that. I don't know what that is like at all. So I don't know. How do you feel, though, like, when – I'm trying to think of, like, a book that you like or something is, like – adapted for a movie do you think that it's like and it is bad how do you feel about it
1: yeah it's one of those hard things like I feel like as a fan like whenever you've seen the source material be it like a book a comic uh, even like animated shows that have made the leap to like live action forms and different things it's hard not to compare it to what you know um, especially when it's like coming from like the book formats and all that And it's like I think that the thing with books too is like As a reader, you just kind of like build the world in your head, so to speak, Mm -hmm. like when there's not like pictures and all that, of course, you just having to have to like envision it. So sometimes that's where a lot of the times with like casting, people are like, oh, well, that's not who I would have picked because like they envision the character differently than like maybe someone else would have. And so it's always hard. I, I like when there's a show that's like it's a new one and it's based off something going in fresh and not looking towards the source material. Um, because I feel like then I would be more apt to judge it, especially because then it would be fresh in my mind, like having Mm -hmm. just read the source material. Um, and I feel like it's always that fine line for some of these studios of like giving something to where like fans who haven't seen the source material can enjoy it without being completely lost because that's something that's really hard for some of these shows that when they're rooted so much in the books that it's like, if you haven't seen, you know, haven't read the books, you're lost. Um, And so, but yet you want to also cater to those fans that are, you know, the reason you're making this show. And so it's always that, like, balancing act of how do we give these fans what they want while still giving these fans what they want and what they're hoping for. Um, And I feel like with shows like that, they always end up being polarizing because of that reason, because people are always comparison, you know, like, look at Game of Thrones you had the people who read the books had some opinions, and then people who just were watching the show felt differently because they didn't have that source material. And so it's always interesting with these kind of projects how the reception is. I think this one, I think it will be a little divisive. Maybe I think we're already kind of seeing like just from like the early trailers, people have varied reactions mm-hmm. um, and like reviews and all that. And so I don't. I think it'll be interesting. But the thing I always just say to fans is don't let other people's reviews scare you away from shows or movies right um it's like because that's the thing is like one person might not like a show but you might go into it and love it like there's been shows where i've seen like eternals is probably a good example you know people rag that one on twitter yet i enjoyed it personally and Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's the important thing is just like go into things with fresh minds because you never know whether you might like a show if you don't give it a try
0: i couldn't have said it better Honestly, like that. Yeah. that Don't watch it because I said it's good. Watch it because <laughs> you want to watch it. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh So season two, though, everyone's talking about season two because where this spoiler, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but obviously there's there's potential here for a second season based on how big this is and how popular it is. I think it's going to be one of the most watched shows of the year. Probably. I know that we've talked. I feel like that we've talked about this show without really talking about it, but i were i think that we're all expecting it to get renewed i haven't seen anything yet that's like slam dunk renewal you know but it's so early netflix always waits a couple of months so i wouldn't be surprised um it'll be interesting because netflix just released that new tracker so we can see around the world how many hours people are watching it i wouldn't be surprised over the holidays if this like skyrockets around the world you know based on like the um who's in it uh just what it's based on and everything like that, so um i'm I'm curious what do you think season two?
1: yeah, I think I'd be shocked if season two doesn't happen with this one um this is I feel like a project Netflix has been promoting for some time now. I mean, like even mm-hmm. into doom like this was one of their biggest titles outside of maybe the Witcher um and Bridgerton that they kind of pushed really heavily and gave us like some teasers and all that and I feel like I feel like this one could be an early renewal, like one that they don't really wait too, too long. Right. Um. I don't know if it'll be, like, the next day or, like, day of. Like, I know we've been surprised in times with, like, a really early early renewal. I don't know if that's going to happen with this one. Um. But I have a feeling that they'll definitely do season two. Beyond that, I think that's when it'll get interesting, like, seeing how it retains its viewership, what kind of the fan reception is. But I'll be shocked if they don't do a second season of this one.
0: I know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It would be... It would be a hit, I feel like, to if they, if they cancel this show. I'm not expecting that they will, because I think that a lot of people are going to tune in. And um, that's usually what triggers the you know early Netflix renewal, especially after one season. As for when Cowboy Bebop season two could come out. So this is a little bit less optimistic. So I'm thinking just looking at how things stack up. We're at the end of 2021. Unless they have something super secretive in the works. They're not filming this month or next month. So that's going to mean if they could start in early 2022, we maybe, maybe, maybe could see it by the end of the year, like Christmas time, if they really like put the rush on things. But we haven't really seen Netflix do that lately. So I've got to lean more to 2023, at least like spring, summer, probably possibly even like a two year gap, which is what we've seen for like, obviously the pandemic and stuff shook things up. But we've I mean... I don't know. It doesn't feel like that there's any rush to get this uh, out or Netflix is showing really any urgency with stuff like this. Do you agree?
1: Yeah. And I think there's kind of like a precedent, too, with like these big adaptation kind of shows, because look at The Witcher, how they've paced out seasons of that. Um, It's not been one of those shows where they're dropping a season every year. There's been like the two year gap between. Um, so I feel like even if they renew this early and production gets started next year, I just feel like this one, with all the special effects and things, Mm -hmm. I feel like it would probably be best for 2023 release just so that they don't have to rush things. Um, and it's just like, like I said, we've seen this with Netflix before, with their bigger shows. I mean, Stranger Things is on its own little island with how long that one's taken. Mm -hmm. But I feel like The Witcher's a good point of contact. Like, that's another adaptation that's taken basically two years between seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the interesting thing is the fact that this could put them on the same cycle as the witcher um so you can right. have like two of those big shows dropping each year um so that'll be the only like interesting thing to see if they decide to shake that up at any point depending on how big the show ends up being
0: yeah how they stagger it out all right well we are officially out of time um watch the princess Switch 3 watch cowboy bebop probably t- check out tick tick boom don't really have to check out tiger king season 2 um but thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next time